talking about I'm so vain Don't you think this song is about me Don't you, don't you Ah, today is Thursday, March 12th, 2020. Never more has there been a day that's been so, oh, worthy in today. Disneyland's closed for the rest of the month. It's raining, but I actually like But we also have a special guest with us, one Larry Roggenkamp. Hello. <laughs> that's what's going to be doing the whole episode here on this Joe Batant's on Afterthought Media. Oh, like I said, today is Thursday, March 12th, 2020. It's a Uh rainy day here in Southern California, and I couldn't be happier. As soon as, you know, because I've been kind of busy today. I put a pot roast in the oven. I had to make those fakakta biscuits that Adam Burns has been bugging me about for months and months. um, But I am going to try and watch some television in the rain uh, after we're done talking. I want to do a movie, you know. Yeah. How are you, Laurie? You know, Laurie messaged me today to tell me that... uh, they had to cancel her uh, comp. Who canceled it, by the way? Your comedy show at Oino Vino, Beautiful Babies. Um, the the two. Well, I think it's everybody. So the wine bar that it has other shows, mm-hmm. and all the other shows at that wine bar are being canceled. Okay. So, but by the we bar like, or by the people who put it on, by the producers. Not clear. I know that our show was canceled by us, but I don't know if that was like a preemptive, like we're canceling. I'm you're not firing me. I quit scenario. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the two guys that I co-host with, um, Todd Todd Humphreys, as you called them, what's his uh, name? <laughs> Todd Masterson and uh, Colin Hughes. Oh, Those okay. are the two guys. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'm just gonna forever call him Todd Humphreys. Sure. So Todd Humphreys, um, they they were like, yeah, let's just cancel because everybody else is canceling. And to be honest, like you were saying, like we were struggling before before the the virus, we were struggling to get people to come out to the show. Mm-hmm. So it's like now, you know, now what? So yeah, I think in fact, that- well, people don't know this. Lori was telling me they had got a group meeting thinking about changing the name of the show to Beautiful Baby. That's how yes. few people were going to the shows. <laughs> it's a, it was actually, yeah, it was pretty good toddler. That's yeah. what we were going <laughs> to yeah. change it to. Because <laughs> we were so we were so low on, on yeah. audience members. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I kind of was like, yeah, I think I'll just cancel, just cancel it. I mean, they, I mean, it was like a foregone conclusion. They were just kind of asking my opinion, but they were going to cancel no matter what. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I, it's been, it's hopefully they say hopefully April is when we'll pick back up again. So we'll see. You know, this Joe Batanz is all about this Joe Batanz, Laurie. And so, um, one of the things I thought I'd talk about today, I want to get your opinion here and is I, there was a, a social media little thing going around on Twitter called 10 movies to know me, right? Uh huh. 
And I, I couldn't narrow it down to 10 movies. You know, I had... Now, I was looking at this list. Like, I probably could have shaved a few... Even though those movies are very important to me. I probably could have gotten it close to 10. Right? I and think I, I could do 10. I just would have to think about it. Well, no. I, I mean, I have to think about it to pare it down. So what, what, what I thought I would do, because I, I have the luxury of having a microphone... Uh-huh. Is go through the movies and tell you why I chose that movie. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. So the first movie on that list is Pee- Now, is this in order yeah. of importance? Or I, is it you just- know what? I'm, it wasn't meant to be order of importance, but I'm going to say that it, there might be some sort of order of importance to it because I literally just um, wrote the list down to so the first movie that came to my mind, you know... I think subconsciously is probably the most important movie. I don't know if I would... I'd have to really think about it. But, uh-huh. um, you know, the really important ones came out right away. And then... None of these were ever a struggle. But uh, anyway, the first one is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Okay. I would say it's up there. It's it's in that Mount Rushmore of movies that have affected my comedy and shaped my comedy. You yeah. know, up there. Uh, it's just so absurd. Uh, I thought it was amusing when I was a kid. You know, I recently, they're taking it on the road right now with Pete, with Paul Rubens doing a, like a little lecture afterwards. Yeah. And... Uh, Does he masturbate in front of the audience? Does not masturbate in front of the audience. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, and, uh, but even now, still the jokes are just so fucking on and so good. And... Um, I can tell that it influences your comedy because you're such a wacky guy. <laughs> I know you're being funny, but not in that way. Just more of like the weird. I actually really like super absurd humor. One of the movies that's on the list, but it's far down the list, um, is also the same way. But it's just so absurd and so weird. In fact, to the point I like, where I like absurd humor too. Yeah, so I understand what you're saying. To the point where like I want to get. Artwork. I want to now. Now I'm beyond collecting movie posters. Now I want to start commissioning art. You know, like oh, I'm fucking like a Medici something. But uh, and there's some artwork that I want to uh, get from there. You know, there's one shot in particular that I mean, just it just has influenced my humor so much. And anyway, so uh, that's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Huge, huge, very influential movie in in, in my life. Um, and I think if you watch it, you'll get my humor a lot. Uh, next I have on there is The Three Amigos. Same thing. The Same. Three Amigos is a good one. The Three Amigos is so... Which I think it didn't do well in the box office when it, it came out. It did not. No. No, but so... So shaped my comedy when I was a young person, you know? Like, it was just so fucking... And I think I've watched it recently. It holds... Because it's essentially a bunch of... They were making those kinds of movies then. Where it's essentially a bunch of SNL sketches just stitched together. Yeah. You know? I also think I, lo- I love when it's, like, just people who are oblivious to their own failures. Yes. You know? Like, I just... I love when people are just, like... So, I think that the Three Amigos is just... It's three people oblivious mm-hmm. to their own incompetence. Well, yeah. I also like those kinds of movies where it's also, like, fish out of water. Like, I yes. always think, like, you know, the Adams Family, when they deal with normal people or with... Um, uh, whenever you take them out, there's something that was, there was something in pop culture recently where I was like, oh, well, you took them out in the real world and it became, I think I feel like it do with Drag Race. It, came, it was another thing. Anyway, um, and so that's essentially, but in a very clever way, what the Three Amigos is. The Three Amigos is 
these self-important Hollywood people who think they're like super famous and they put them in a real situation. It's so funny. I think that movie is so, so funny and so good. And it's like a very serious situation. Yeah. But it's but they think it's an acting gig. Yeah. <laughs> so think- <laughs> it's really funny. I like it. And so it. Yeah. many good lines in that movie. Um, all right. The next one is Sunset Boulevard. Have you ever seen Sunset Boulevard, Laurie? Oh, I, I think I saw it a long, long, long time ago. Uh, my aunt is a huge old movie buff. She mm-hmm. loves old movies. And mm-hmm. so I think I watched it with her a long, long time ago. Sunset Boulevard is so fucking good. And even if you've seen it, okay, even if you've seen it, this is one of these movies, and there's a few of these movies. For, first of all, for the most part, especially old movies, especially old movies, anything pre-VCR, if you have a chance to go see them on the big screen, you should. Often they're very, very different experiences. Yeah, because they're not made for the small screen. Yeah. They were made specifically to see in large theaters. Yes. So if you can get a chance to see it, see it. Because now I, I think some movies today, they make them so they're like, okay, well, this would look good in yeah. the small screen and in the large screen. No, not just some. I think most movies now, they have to think yeah. about... They have to think about streaming and this and that and then so like they th- there are some people who are just like fuck it like quentin tarantino but like for the most part yeah it's no ma- i see what you're saying made for that anyway so sunset boulevard which is okay wait brief cinematic history thing here so before television okay before television became a thing most movies like all movies okay all movies had like that square four by three squ- uh, square thing going, right? Uh huh. And um, that was how all movies. So if you if you ever see a movie before the early fifties, that was the the shape the movies came in. Almost like your t- that, that's why old movies play very well on TV because they had the same shape as the screen. And then, uh, well, in the old the old screens, not the wide screens now. Then when TV came out. Uh, the studios really did see a drop in business, uh, from TV. You know, people stopped going to the theaters, movie theaters as much. And, uh, so they were trying to find a way to make movies different from TV. Like, what can we, what can we offer that TVs can't? And so they started making movies bigger and they invented widescreen and panorama vision and cinema scope and all these like different things. Like you can't get this on TV. Okay. So Sunset Boulevard's made in before those times. That's why I'm saying you might think of like, well, this, this is not widescreen or anything like that. But um, uh, what I was going to tell you is, so there's a part at the end of the movie. First of all, the whole movie's fantastic on the big screen. But I'd seen it before on the small screen. And then I, I, I anytime it, it plays on a big screen by me, I'll go see it. Anytime. And... I went, I think the first time I ever saw it on a big screen was at uh, a series called Last Remaining Seats, okay, put on by the LA Conservancy. And there are these, uh, if you ever go to LA, there are these abandoned movie theaters, okay? Uh-huh. And once a year in June, I wonder if it's going to happen this year, but in June, they there are these theaters, that are, they're not open during the year, they're like owned privately or by the city or something like that, but they'll open them up in June for this one night only event where they show an old movie. Okay, it's called Last Remaining Seats. And I think it was the first time I saw on the big screen wasn't it wasn't Last Remaining Seats. So it's in this giant old theater. 
And there's a part at the end, it's a very famous part, so if you know anything about this movie, then you know this moment, it's one of the most famous movies, moments in history, in cinematic history, where she she's walking down the stairs, uh, the police have come to arrest her, it's not a spoiler, because like, literally the first line and the first shot in the movie is the guy dead in the pool, it's one of the movies that they give it away at the beginning. And how did we get here? So the police and everything are there to arrest her, because she's just shot this guy. And she won't come down the stairs. Because she, she's speaking of, you know, it's so funny. It, I never thought about this, Lori. It's funny that I have it right next to the three amigos. It's the same thing. It's she's so caught up. She was a, the, the story is that Norma Desmond was a silent movie star whose star has faded. Which is the same thing with the three amigos. Yeah. And she still thinks she's famous. And she's now gone into madness. She's killed this guy named Joe, ironically. And uh, the police are there to get her, but they can't get her to come out of her room, okay? And the press is there and everything like that, right? So uh, the butler, I don't want to give too much away about the movie. The butler comes up with a plan, which is to pretend that they're, because the press is there, that they're filming a movie. She's Because she's really gone cuckoo bananas. And so they pretend like they're filming a movie, and she comes down the stairs because she thinks she's filming a movie, and she walks down the stairs. And oh my God, that moment when she's walking down the stairs... And the creepy music playing, and everyone's just still in the shadows, and she's walking down thinking she's filming the last scene in this movie called Salome. And then she's giving this big speech, and she stops, and she wants to thank everyone in the cast and crew, and especially Cecil B. DeMille. And, and then, you know, she's like, we'll make this picture, and another picture, and another picture! Well, you know, I, well I can just fucking play it. And, um, she, she breaks the fourth wall in the movie. Uh huh. And she looks at the camera and she says, "And you, the out there in the dark, the beautiful. I mean, you're gonna hear it in a second. And um, what's funny when you watch it on TV? Uh, when you watch it on TV, it's like, okay, whatever. It's great, right? You know. When you see it, and especially in an old movie theater, when you see it, like especially in an old movie theater, mm-hmm. and there's people sitting there, right? And the theater, we're all watching the screen. And when it cuts to that, when it cuts to that moment, and the and it's the way it's lit too. It's like you see the people sitting there in the dark. We're all there watching because now Gloria Swanson's dead. Everyone there is dead. Watching this ghost address us directly. Yeah, it's fucking. It takes your breath away. So anyway, why did you do it? Um, what is this? Here we go. Right here. So now she's walking down the stairs. I can't go on with the scene. I'm too happy. <laughs> Mr. DeMille, do you mind if I say a few words? Thank you. I just want to tell you all how happy I am to be back in the studio, making a picture again. You don't know how much I've missed all of you. And I promise you I'll never desert you again. Because after Salome, we'll make another picture and another picture. You see, this is my life. It always will be. There's nothing else. Just us. And the cameras. And those wonderful people. Right here, she's looking the first one. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. I'm going to pause it right here for a second. So she she addresses, you know, she breaks the fourth wall. She has people out there in the dark. And then she's ready for this. She goes, okay, Mr. DeMille, very famous line. I'm ready for my close-up. And then it cuts to her in a second. We'll, we'll, you'll hear it. And you're going to hear this music playing. 
But as the music's playing, she's walking closer. She's staring right into the camera, closer and closer, doing this creepy, weird dance. And she gets closer and closer. And dude, you gotta see. Oh my god, it fucking blows you away in a theater. Oh my god, what a great fucking movie. What's funny is... Do you have anything to say about that, Laurie? Um, I don't think I saw this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you ha- this movie... I think I think I was thinking it's not another yeah, movie. So, this movie yeah. is so important to gay culture. It is like... She is so everything a gay person... I mean, this movie... It, it's one of those w- moments when gay culture and straight culture combine... And uh-huh. just love it for different reasons. If you ever have a chance to go see this in the theater, never, ever, 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 ever give it up. Always go see this movie in the theater. What's funny is, and this is to show you how good movies were back then, another movie on my list, it's not the next movie on my list, but I'll, I'll jump to it, is called All About Eve. Have you ever seen that, Laurie? No, I haven't. Oh, All About Eve. You know what's so funny is a lot of these movies I discovered... Not later in life and did not know. I knew Sunset Boulevard was a gay iconic movie because they made a musical of it and stuff. But I didn't know All About Eve was an iconic gay movie. And All About Eve is with Betty Davis. And it's about an aging actress, which is so funny. Is this... (laughs) That's how it is. I think in All About Eve, her character is like... Maybe not older than 50, maybe 40. It's between either it's either 40 or 50, right? And uh-huh. they treat her like she is like the oldest grandma that ever lived, right? And yeah. Betty Davis is the right age at this time. So whatever it, Betty age is playing the right age. I think it's 50. Her character her actress character um is 50. Margo uh I don't remember Margo, I don't remember Margo, I don't remember Margo's last name. And what it's about, and actually Pedro Almodovar made a movie version of this called All About My Mother. It's like a, a weird spin on this movie. Super influential. They made a musical from this too, but not as famous as Sunset Boulevard. And um, uh, uh, Jordan Darling has a question. What's a better movie, All About Eve or Mildred Pierce? They're very different. Mildred Pierce is a very good gay movie, but All About Eve... So what it's about, Laurie, is um, Marco Channing. Thank you, Yazwaz. Betty Davis plays this actress named Mar- uh, Margot Channing, right? She's super famous. Okay. And there's this young actress named Eve. I'm sure someone will type it in here, right? And this young actress, she's just like so humble and stuff like that. And she basically is like, I just want to learn from you to Margot. And like, it's all, I'm trying to shift to the movie. But the point is basically, it's about how cutthroat the acting industry is. And this Eve chick, I don't want to give too much away. Uh, has had this plot the whole time, right? Eve Harrington. Thank you, Luke. Okay. Okay. Um, And all this shit happened. It's just very high gay drama, right? Yeah. And um, again, speaking of seeing a movie in a theater, I've only seen All About Eve a couple of times in a theater. Okay. But there's this final shot that's very famous. I'm not going to do the whole thing that we did here, but there's this very final, there's a final shot in this this movie that, again, beautiful on a big screen. Beautiful. What's funny is... What's funny is all about Eve. 
Let me find out who was in the 1950 Academy Awards. All About Eve and Sunset Boulevard came out the same year uh, and uh, were, competed against each other for the Oscar. Jeez. Um, and, let, and they may not have even won. Um, let me see. What did you think about Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? Well, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane is... I like that. Very campy. And it's a Cuckoo Bananas movie. In a good way, right? Um, So, um... Oh, there's the the whole thing here. Uh, Just to answer your question, they're just different kinds of movies. Like, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane wasn't meant to be high art, I don't think. We're all about Eve and Sunset Boulevard were. Uh, oh, okay. What happened to Baby, Baby Jane supposed to be? No, it's high art in a weird kind of way. It's high camp. But um, it, it's it's fun, but it's not like those two movies. All right, guys, we're going to call it a day there. Uh, I think we're getting to this old chestnut, right, Lori? Or yeah. That old chestnut. All right, we'll see you tomorrow.